three, two, one. And hello, everybody. Welcome to SEN Afterlife. I am Jay Wade. And I'm Kaylin. And holy shit, fuck Batman, have we got one today? <laughs> That's right. We are now on episode number six of this SEN Live After Show. And uh, we have the big spectacular four, the Schmodown Spectacular Four. It was awesome. Uh, I know, Kaylin, you watched it because we were chatting about it a little bit. Uh, what'd you think overall? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. I I, I was kind of worried at first with the length. I won't lie. Um, but it went by really fast. I had no issues. The intermission was great. I loved all of it. One of my favorite matches was the Star Wars Division title match. Last week, we spoke with Alex Damon before he defended that title. And this week, we have Laura Kelly on who played him for that title. How are you, Laura? Great! Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I I, uh, I apologize. I feel like you're uh you're, you're taking a step down here from Alex to me. <laughs> no, oh, not, not at all. all. Not at all. Uh, truth be told, I, I I had you winning over Alex, and uh, it was a great match. It was a great match, and I th- I still think you can take him. It's just it just sometimes it's just not your time, you know. But uh, it was just such a great match. I loved watching it and how how in-depth you guys get and the knowledge that you have, it just blows my mind. And Christian was saying on SCN Live today that he was going to talk to competitors in Star Wars division and see how they felt about including questions from Mandalorian and from Rebels and stuff like that to expand it a little bit more. I don't know. I think that would be great. But uh, how did you get interested in Star Wars? How did all that come about for you? Oh yeah, that's awesome. So I, uh, I'm a fairly new Star Wars fan, um, which I think is is sort of surprising to people. I, I've sort of always had a fandom to call home, in you know, in one area of inner geekdom or another. But Star Wars for me didn't really get, didn't really become that thing for me until like late 2014. So I, I've really only been a Star Wars fan for about five years or so. Uh, and it's really hard to explain. I'm not really sure how to, I'm never really sure how to explain to people how I got into it. It was one of those things where I was like in a room surrounded by a ton of people at a Thanksgiving family event, I'm sure. And what the trailer for the force awakens came out that, you know, Thanksgiving of 2014. And it was that weird out of body experience where like everybody in the room just disappeared. And it was just me having this weird connection with what was happening on the TV and it just sucked me in and never let go. So mine, it sort of snowballed from there. The sequel trilogy brought me in um, and, and there I stayed. So it, it kind of just, it's a really kind of strange story considering how, how new I am at it and, and how trivia kind of snowballed from there. Wow. Um, was force. I'm sorry. Uh, was force awakens the first star Wars movie you've seen? No, I saw the Phantom Menace in theaters when it when it came out, and it just didn't connect with me then. And All right. to, to be honest, it still doesn't <laughs> connect much with me uh, to this day. But I, I I fully acknowledge that it has its merits. I do enjoy it for what it is. Um, but yeah, and when I was when I would I guess I would have been about eleven years old in ninety nine. Uh, it didn't do much for me then. Understandable. So had had you seen any of the other ones before this happened, aside from Phantom Menace? 
No, I hadn't. That so I saw that trailer and then I was like, "All right, this is it. Everybody, get out. We're gonna. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna sit down and and do a sort of start to finish watch." Although I I definitely started with the original trilogy. I knew enough not to start with the prequels. Um, <laughs> and I, I I sat and watched all of those. And it was you know that was my first marathon was sometime shortly after Thanksgiving of all the Star Wars films that were out at that time. And it you know just kind of. Here we are. <laughs> it's been a weird ride. That's a very short amount of time to learn mm-hmm. as much as you've learned and and dive as deep as you have. So, how exactly did you find out about um, and get involved in the movie trivia showdown? So, I'm a huge Star Wars Rebels fan. Um, after watching the movies and you know knowing that they really connected with me and seeing so many people be on like, oh, you need to watch the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars is so great. You'll really love it if you love the movies. It's like, I'm not going to watch that damn cartoon. No, that's, I'm, I'm good. Um, and then I started watching it and really enjoyed it. Um, for some reason, I, I remember jumping from, I, I didn't finish watching Clone Wars before I started watching Star Wars Rebels. And I just fell head over heels for Star Wars Rebels. Something about that show just spoke to me. Um, when, when that, I think maybe it was because it was still sort of new. The new episodes were coming on when I was just, when I was just sort of finding my place in the Star Wars fandom. So it was this new thing that I got to experience the new thing with all the other people who were experiencing the new thing. And that was the first time I'd ever had that uh, with, with something Star Wars related. So that was a really exciting time for me. Um, but that, I, I discovered the Schmodown because I had learned that Freddie Prince Jr. and Sam Witwer were competing in this Star Wars trivia thing and that that was the first Schmodown match I ever watched I'm sure was was one of the ones that included them uh and I at the time I never would have imagined that I would ever enter that league that never entered my mind for even a second um but I enjoyed watching those matches a lot and uh playing Star Wars trivia was something that started at Star Wars Celebration in 2017, for me, just kind of hanging around, waiting in lines with people and chatting with people, that's that's kind of where the trivia thing entered entered my realm. So it, it's it's been a, uh, yeah, it's been quick, definitely. So um, how did you actually get involved with the Schmodown then? Um, like, what brought you into it? How did you get their attention and, and end up competing? It's a good question. I kind of wonder myself too. So I, uh, I, I ask myself all the time. I'm like, I don't know how I got here. Um, the, which is good. I, it's not good actually. I mean, I, I say things like I don't have a very good memory, but I mean, clearly I do. I've got some ability to memorize some things. Um, but the, it was sort of a whirlwind. My friend and I were about to launch a Star Wars podcast. Uh, we, we launched Force Toast in February of this year. We were going to, we were going out to dinner and we were meeting at a bar before to have a drink before dinner. And in the Uber on my way to the bar, I saw that the Schmodown was going to be having a competition at Star Wars Celebration. In that would have been Star Wars Celebration this past year. Yeah, 2019. And uh, when I saw that, I, I just hit a quick reply. Um, it was Christian that had tweeted it and asked, him, hey, you know, my friend and I have been doing Star Wars trivia around Chicago pretty regularly for the last two years. We're the champions of the city by far. We just obliterate everyone we play. And uh, is there any way we could get involved with this? 
And he, from there, he DM'd me. I wasn't expecting to get any response at all. I kind of just figured it would get ignored because they probably had all their players at that point. And he would just be like, man, fuck off. That's fine. Um, but no, he responded and we kind of talked a little bit and he's like, Hey, listen, I don't have room for two people. I only have one spot, but chat with your friend. Let me know which one of you wants to be involved and I can, I can get you in if you want to play. Um, so that, that's, it kind of started from there and went from there and yeah, it was, it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how did that decision come about between you and your, and your, uh, partner there in Chicago who, how did that come about? Which one of you would, would take that spot? She always says that she's surprised that I asked her at all if she would be interested in doing it, that I didn't just jump <laughs> at it and be like, it's me, I'm going to do it. Like, But I'm, I don't know. I'm like, I would have I been a good coach and a good manager if you had wanted one. I take a little bit of offense to that. But um, I think at the time she was sort of going through a little more of a pro, a little bit more of a Star Wars burnout than I was. I was a little bit more into it. I was sort of leading the the charge on the the pub trivia we were going to. So we were like, well, I, I'm going to be more likely to be up to speed on this stuff anyway. So why don't I just do it? Uh, you know, uh, that's that's pretty much how it went. It was a quick conversation. There wasn't a ton of hesitation as to which way it was going to go. Uh, what was it like the first time you met Christian face to face? Um, it was that was overwhelming because I was when I had walked into a room that was packed of full of people that were at Star Wars Celebration. I mean, I think that room fit three or four hundred people total, and it was completely packed to the brim. So it, I don't have a very clear memory of meeting him and Ken and Alex and Molly and all the other competitors that day. It was more of just like, holy shit, there are a lot of people in here. Yikes. <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, so you did not meet any of them prior? No, I hadn't. I hadn't met any of the competitors. Well, I met, I guess I had met Alex the night before at the, uh, the uh, there was the 501st bash the night before, uh, but that was part of Star Wars Celebration. I had met him briefly. For some reason, I didn't meet Molly that night. I don't know if she wasn't there or she just wasn't around at the time. Um, but no, I, and I had, I had messaged an email back and forth with Christian at that point quite a bit, just kind of sorting out the details of, you know, what would be required, where to be and when. But at that point, no, I hadn't met anybody in person yet. So had you been following the, the at least the Star Wars side of the Schmodown up until that point? Or was it a brand new thing that you had not really known anything about at that point? No, I had been following it pretty closely because I remember okay. watching the match from their, a previous Star Wars celebration. I don't remember which one at the moment, but I remember thinking, I, I can do this. I, I'm, I know this stuff. I know this stuff just as well, if not better than these people on this stage. So I know that I can do this if I get up there and try and compete with these people. Um, so I, I was, I was excited. I had followed it closely enough to know that I could compete. And that was, that was, you know, all I needed. And for some reason, Christian Harloff took my word for it. <laughs> That's really awesome. So you went in without an audition without he just took your word for it that you knew star wars and that you could hold your own up there to be honest i'm not even sure if i nobody told me i wasn't allowed to say that but yeah that's basically how it went um i think that he may have known he must have had some knowledge of my show um because we at that point we had started well it wasn't that long before we had launched our show under the premise of there is star wars trivia included in our show um, oh, okay. so that must have been that must have been enough, I guess. Um, but yeah, it wasn't 
it wasn't, I don't think, the sort of standard procedure that that most competitors follow. But I think part of it is, again, just Star Wars is kind of a different beast. That whole league is just kind of different. Um, so it's, I think they just kind of take what they can get sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. It's such a small pool of players at the moment. I, I'm not, I've always kind of wondered yeah. myself where, where everybody comes from. I would love to see a full-on league for Star Wars, um, like a singles, like where you've got 50 competitors or whatever, 30 competitors or whatever. I just, I think that would be amazing if they, uh, if they could expand that, uh, that Star Wars uh, spectacular division. Uh, I just, I would love that personally. And I would love the inclusion of, of the Clone Wars and Rebels and Mandalorian and Obi-Wan series when it comes up and, it just it would be so great, but I sit there in awe as it is now with just the movies, <laughs> and I I'm having a hard time keeping up. It just it's so deep, it's unbelievable, and it took you hardly any time at all. And you're the spectacular four competing for the title. I mean that's that has to be exciting, overwhelming. Um, in can you take us through? your day uh, last weekend at the Spectacular and what that was like, maybe, uh, maybe a quick trip through, uh, through the happenings. I can certainly try to be honest. It was a, it's a blur in my, in my mind. I don't remember a ton about the actual competition. Um, I don't remember much about the day except trying to really take advantage of any moment that I had to sneak away and just get some last minute cram studying in um, that was most of my morning. Uh, the it really started with arriving in the morning. The um, I know that like the the elite VIP group was in there at about eleven um, to sort of start. They did like a behind the scenes sort of tour, so they toured the entire upstairs, downstairs stage area behind the stage in the green room. Um, and I was there about thirty minutes before they let them in. So I uh, I spent my morning and a lot of the meet and greet and the entirety of the first match that was played that day, just kind of sneaking off for these five to 10 minute increments um, to get in some sort of last minute studying. And it was sort of frustrating because there wasn't any Wi-Fi in the theater or if there was, I didn't, nobody gave me the password. So I was having to use my phone. And by the time I walked on stage for the, you know, the second match of the day, my, my phone was completely dead. So I had, I had used all the battery I could to get every little last ounce of studying in that I could that day. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a long, long day. Five matches is, is a lot. The, the Shmodown is a, it's a very ambitious thing and it's, it's really interesting to watch it all play out over the course of the day and see all of the people who are involved. Um, it's really admirable what all of those people get up there and do. I could never, I don't know how any of those people memorize all just that general knowledge about general movie trivia that I don't, how do you study for something like that? Like that kind of stuff just blows my <laughs> mind. I, you know, with star Wars, I know exactly what I'm supposed to study. I know the general format of the questions. I have a general idea of what to expect, but yeah, it, it's really cool to get to see people pull this knowledge out of God knows where in these matches. It's, it's just awesome. Now, while you're on the day of, and you're sitting there on your phone and you're studying, um, how are you studying? Are you watching things like movies or are you reading, going to trivia sites and just testing yourself? What, what is that study process like? It's funny. Um, so 
my uh, my primary method of studying is not something that I reveal. Um, that's not something Understandable. that I'm going uh, to give away. I have used some of the quizzes in the past. Um, I wasn't using, I've used Sporkle a little bit for kind of testing myself here and there. Um, I wasn't using that that morning. I wasn't watching anything that morning. Um, I have my own sort of method and my own um, documentation that I, that I review. But the, yeah, it, it's one of those things that, there, there's a lot of ways you can kind of go about it. I'm pretty happy with the with the method that I have set up. Um, my real issue is is time, um, unfortunately, and, and finding the free time to setting a schedule and sticking to a routine, especially around the holidays when I had family coming and going two weekends back to back. Is that's where I struggled a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel a bit stupid now, to be honest with you. I I realize in my mind I wasn't asking you to reveal your, your study routine, but then after I said it, I was like, I just asked her to reveal her study routine. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> um. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's okay. It's a common – you'd be surprised. It's a common question, and I know that um, weirdly enough, I've heard a couple of Shmodan competitors refer to like – their binders, like they have like binders of of information that they study, which I think is so interesting. I'm like, it's 2019. Are you studying something on paper? Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's surprising to me. But, you know, everybody has their method and everyone knows what works for them and what doesn't work for them and into each their own. But yeah, I'm always surprised every time I hear it. I don't, nothing about what I do is on paper anywhere. It's all, it's all electronic. I'll reveal that much. And one of the, one of the other things I've told people before is that, um, listening to the movies helps a lot. It's sort of, it's surprising because I, I think I sometimes will, will reference, you know, the visual dictionaries and the art of books that come out that are associated with the Star Wars films. But listening to the films when I don't have time to sit down and watch them and really pay attention is incredibly helpful, much more so than I ever would have thought. That's, that's really interesting. That's really, really interesting. Um, I do have a random question for you. You said that Phantom Menace was the first movie you saw. You saw it in theaters. It did not really resonate with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back now as an adult and sort of as you've watched more and more of the Star Wars movies, um, how do you feel about the prequels now? Since they're really a point of contention with a lot of people. Uh, being an adult really didn't have a whole lot of effect on my, you know, my perception of them because I really I never watched all of them when I was a kid, so I don't have any kind of nostalgia to to look back on fondly. Unfortunately, um, I think the thing that really opened my eyes to the merits of the prequels is my my podcast co-host Alice. She Alice, I just called her Alice with a T on the end. That's weird. Um, her her name is Alice, and she she is a prequelist. I mean, she's she's a prequel apologist and will defend them with her die until her dying breath um attack of the clones is her favorite movie and i think having sat and watched some of them with her and through her eyes has has sort of opened my eyes to some of the merits and the things you know that are positive about them there are some things i can sit you know if you really want me to i can sit here and defend those movies too. Um, it may not be a very heartfelt argument on my end or a very strong one, but I, I can, I can try my best. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, they have their merits. I, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. It's not my favorite trilogy, but it, um, they, uh, they bring something to the table. I'll say that. 
Yeah, I completely understand. For whatever reason, I had the urge to watch Attack of the Clones the other day, which I've not watched in years. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 got bad bad issues, but it's got some moments. And then it's got I'm bad bad dialogue. So oh, yes, yes. It's sometimes hard to see past that. I, I fully the Anakin and Padme stuff. Almost oh. all of that is unbearable to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but I, uh, my husband and I then jumped into um, the next one, Revenge of the Sith, and we're we're like halfway through it or something, and we're like, you know, he, I, I really feel like Hayden Christensen improved a lot from movie to movie. Like, there's a lot of good things you can tell that some people took some notes, and you know, they did make a point to try to improve things. It didn't get up to, you know. A plus levels, but you know, they tried. But I always have to ask Star Wars fans that if I think to, because I know that they're so divisive. You know, people tend to, if you're a Star Wars fan, you tend to love the originals. You usually have mixed feelings about the new ones, like you like some, you don't like some. But the prequels, it's usually diehards or pure hatred. It's a very weird thing. Um, yeah. It's it's a common question. I mean, you can't reveal to anybody that you're a Star Wars fan without getting the question of, "Oh, how do you feel about the prequel?" Huh? And and you know, I get it. I understand it. And you know, at the end of the day, I you know, you kind of mentioned like, "Oh, I just kind of wanted to watch Attack of the Clones." Like, I get cravings to watch specific movies sometimes too. Like, Attack of the Clones is a really pretty movie to look at. I mean, aesthetically, there's like really gorgeous scenery and production value that was put into that movie. Like the the entire I mean, entering the arena from inside the cave, like that's a gorgeous scene and a gorgeous shot, the whole way that it's framed. I mean, it it has its merits. The sound design in Attack of the Clones is great, too. There, you know, you can argue the both sides of the argument, I think. Um, But Star Wars fans today are are passionate about what they're passionate about. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. This question just popped in my head. Um, Who shot first? Oh god, you know, as far as I'm concerned it'll always be Han cuz I never saw the original cut. So, there you go. <laughs> That's close enough, but I always contest that Greedo never shot. That's always my answer. But yeah. the most common question is who shot first and oh man, I I mean as a guy the, who, the new... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what did you think about the uh, about McClunky, the new oh, edition? Oh my god, that was awful. <laughs> oh, terrible. I mean, I, I was just about to say that I saw the I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when I was a kid, so I'm a part of that old school original trilogy group, and so for me, anything other than the the uh, theatrical version, I notice every little single thing every time I watch uh, Star Wars now, and. I don't know. There's just nothing like the, I like the old theatrical version without all the CGI stuff. I even like the old crappy grainy look of the, of the uh, film a lot better too, but I don't know. Um, That's always the one that, you know, who shot first. It's always going to be Han, Han shot Greedo. Greedo never shot. It's, it's, it's a non-issue. Uh, but I don't know. I, I could go on for hours about that one. (laughs) Well, some of us were never alive at the time to see that version. (laughs) So we don't know that version, but I do have a related question. Um, so 
as someone who really just came to Star Wars in 2014, you don't really have the nostalgia factor that causes a lot of people to say they love the original trilogy and that's, you know, that's their end-all be-all because they grew up with it and everything else came later. So from the perspective of someone like that, which is your favorite movie? A Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars film. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that movie. It's it's so different, I think, from the rest of them. It's so much darker. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's not just a great Star Wars movie. It's a great war story. And it really, I, yeah. I appreciate it for a lot of reasons, but the sort of darkness that comes with it and the fact that it takes place during the Age of the Rebellion leading up to A New Hope. I mean, the Age of the Rebellion is my favorite. That's when Star Wars Rebels takes place. So I love that era. But the original trilogy has not, not ever been my favorite trilogy. I like Return of the Jedi. It's, it's my favorite film of the OT, but it's, it's not my favorite trilogy, to be honest. So I, uh, it, it's one of those things that kind of surprises people. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a, hard, I'm a diehard Rogue One fan. I yeah, that movie is so yeah. good. So, so good. It's probably, to be honest, I would say it's my favorite of the new era, of the Disney era Star Wars movies. It's, it's definitely my favorite. Um, God, I just love that movie. And that's that's even if you take out the Vader scene. I still love it. It's just so damn good. Yeah, agreed, 100%. And it was one of those things where that movie was... That was the first one I got to see opening night. The first Star Wars movie that I got to see opening wow. night with an opening night crowd. Like, when I saw The Force Awakens, I saw it after it had come out. I was I was a little bit too intimidated to go, like, opening night with, with the full crowd in full force so i waited a little bit to see it um but yeah that rogue one was my favorite that's probably a big part of why it's my favorite i mean so many people you know a new hope is probably their favorite because it was the first one they saw in theaters opening night with their family and i'm like well i didn't have nerdy parents so sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i you know i i totally feel what you're saying because i did see revenge of the sith in theaters but it wasn't on my radar. Like it, it was like my cousin really wanted to see it. So she made me watch f- uh, episodes one and two so we could go see three. And it was like, okay, but force awakens, my husband talked about for months, he did a countdown. He'd be like only 12 days till the force awakens. <laughs> and he, w- and we went open. And I think we saw it four times in theaters and it's my favorite of the star Wars movies. And I'm wondering if the fact that, I was in there with that opening night crowd and, and everything played into that, that like it sunk into me from the very beginning. I think it definitely was a huge part in, in, in people's love for movies. I mean, I saw most of the Potter films opening night with midnight crowds back when midnight Mm -hmm. movies were still being shown at midnight opening night. And it, it does something. It's like, you know, there's an energy and like a, a weird feel in that crowd that you don't get again. Cause then you go see it a second time and you're like, well, shit, this crowd isn't as fun. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I miss, I, it's one of those things that now that I have a baby, I'm like the things she'll never experience. And that's one of them because there's nothing like a midnight crowd. Nothing. Yeah. You're all just because, like high on tired. <laughs> yes. And people are dressed up and people are playing games and, you know, sitting in line for hours. No one will ever appreciate that either because now with all theaters basically going towards assigned seating, like you won't appreciate the being in line for like seven hours waiting to get in a theater. 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't miss that that much. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, I, was I, about like, to say. I like my reserve. But the camaraderie <laughs> of it. You know, the, you befriend the people around you and you get chatty. Or, now you just walk in and find your assigned seat and you sit there. You know, like there was something yeah. to it. It was annoying, but there was something to it. Yeah, so, I suppose so. I'm like, that's hard when you've got, you know, full-time jobs and stuff now. Yes. But yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I understand where you're coming from with that. I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, so back to the schmodown. Um, so uh, the next time you get to play, which we all, I think, hope you do, because you really gave Alex Damon a run for his money. Yeah. Um, and, and all of that. Um, who are you hoping you can face? Hmm. That's hard to say. I mean, I hate to say that I'd like to play Sam Whitworth at some point because I just don't like to get my hopes up that he'll come back. Um, I do think that'd be really fun, but I, the impression that I got is that he's done um, and likely will not be returning to the Schmodown. To be totally honest, I, I'm excited to see what where the new blood comes from. You know, they've got to get some new players in this league. It can't just be down to me and Damon and... I know that Andrew DeMolanta is just chomping at the bit to come back and play again. Um, but, you know, there ha- there has to be more than just the three of us. And I don't know what the status of Joseph Scrimshaw is, if he plans to play. Um, I'm not totally certain what Molly's plan is, if she plans to play. But I know that there are other people out there that can do this and that want to do this and want to get involved. And I don't I don't know what the method, the correct method is to, to reach out and find those people, but I know that there, there are people out there that want to play. So I'm curious to see what the, what the new season brings and, you know, what the new blood is that we get, what we can get into this league at some point, hopefully soon. Do you think that potentially what Christian was talking about today on SEN Live about potentially adding in the shows and various things um, to, to widen, uh, you know, to, to broaden the, the sources and therefore perhaps tone down the questions a little bit, you know, because you don't have to dig quite so deep if you have a bigger pool to pull from. Do you think that that might be less intimidating to a new player or more intimidating? Because as someone like me, I'm looking at it right now going, they are so far beyond my level because, they're, you know, everything's so deep cut that I can't follow. Um, yeah. Do you think that that might have a positive impact on getting in new blood or a negative impact? It's really hard to say. I never considered it as a possibility at all, just based on the principle. I mean, when you call it the movie trivia schmodown, I figured that was the end all be all. Um, so it wasn't ever something I considered. I, the idea of having it be just on screen TV, clone wars, rebels, um Mandalorian is fine by me I don't I don't watch resistance I don't want to watch Star Wars resistance so I don't know how that's going to play into things things like forces of destiny and galaxy of adventures I mean then you're like do you include video games where do you like where do you draw the line so I'm a little bit put off by it personally just because I don't that's I, I spend a lot of time on these movies, I spend a lot of time really digging deep. There are a lot more questions that they've never asked that I, that I wonder, you know, maybe it's one of those things where you just need to, to start taking questions from more than one person. I I don't know. You know, I don't know what the answer is, but the, the thing about bringing in TV stuff, I'm sort of 
at this point indifferent. It just depends, I guess, what exactly they want to bring in. There's a yeah. lot of Clone Wars yeah. episodes. That's a that's a lot of content to pull from. And yeah. then yeah. eventually you're going to have to start diving really deep into that too. And at what point does it ever break Alex Damon? You know, at what point can you ever break a machine? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. That uh, is. Yeah. Well, he made it sound like it would be more of a conversation with all the players to see yeah. what y'all, yeah. where, where y'all would be, um, where your heads are at with it um that's interesting i'm wondering do you know who writes the star wars questions i was under the impression that it was the same person that writes all the questions for all of the leagues but i don't know enough to say anything for certain um i met him at star wars celebration 2019 his name is chris um but i don't know the extent of what i guess the questions are that he writes or what other leagues he writes for that's interesting because whoever's writing these questions it's uh unlike the general league where you know you could probably look some stuff up on imdb and write questions about a movie you've never seen off of that this you have to really know the movies you know you have to go really really deep into it to ask some of these questions so it's really interesting i'm wondering who is writing them if it's if it is him or if it's someone else because he would have to be a diehard to write these yeah, I, I mean, I think he is. I only met him briefly at Celebration, and I, I think he is a diehard fan. But the, uh, yeah, I, it's one of those things where I just, I think that there's there's more places they can pull from, you know? It's it's one of those things, right. like, how far into canon do you want to get? Can you pull out the visual dictionaries and start referencing those and the art of books and the behind-the-scenes documentary? I mean, and then where do you draw the line? The behind-the-scenes stuff is hard. I feel like there are arguments that, you know, are, you don't, have to know anything about behind the scenes of star wars to know a ton about star wars and that's where you tend to throw people off that's where i got thrown off at celebration in 2017 i got a goddamn behind the scenes question i'm like shit i don't know that i didn't know i was supposed to study that (laughs) like yeah that seems a little odd yeah and that's you you get those every now and then i mean i remember i think it was either it was freddie prince jr and sam witt where one of them got the the question of who ran the creature shop for return of the Jedi. And it was Phil Tippett. I'm like, Jesus, like how much do you really need to study? Like where, (laughs) what direction do you need to go to make sure that you're covering all your bases? And like, you can only go so far. We only have so much time unless you're Alex Damon and you do this full time. Um, But but if you're like me and you have a full-time job and you can't, you have to make choices and sacrifices as to what areas you're going to really put that much work into studying and which ones you're not. Um, it, it's hard. I, I personally, I think there's, I think there's an endless pool of questions that are available with to, with just the movies. But you know, what's I don't know what my opinion's worth. Maybe it's not worth anything. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I think it's worth a great deal. You definitely, definitely held your own at Spectacular. Like no yeah. question about it. I was watching that match and I was wondering if this was going to be like completely impenetrable. Um, it, it was, I mean, the, weren't y'all well into round, I, I didn't take notes on it. Weren't y'all well into like round two or something before one of you broke finally? Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't remember a ton of it either, but no, I, the first round we both, we threw a perfect round first round and then that we got a bonus question and I missed the bonus question. So that's, oh. that's where it broke was there. But you know, whether oh. or not you count the bonus or not, I don't know. You have to against Alex because he, he got it. So 
There yeah. you go. Yeah, he really is a machine, though. So yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, but I, I that was an insane match, and I I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how well y'all both did. Um, I was uh, I don't know that I got one question right just listening. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. It was it was a fun day. It was a fun match. I never would have dreamed that my third match would have been the one where I got to take on Alex Damon. I would have thought that that would have been pretty far down the road. Um, and to, if I'm being perfectly blunt, my preference would have been that that would have been farther down the road, that that wouldn't have been the first match that I had to, the third match that I had to play. Um, Cause That's I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not totally sure that I was ready, but again, a big part of my struggle this time around and preparing for this match was just finding time. My, my routine was far I was far more prepared for Star Wars Celebration and for my my match against Andrew than I was for this one. I wasn't at all prepared. That is, yeah, uh, completely understood. Um, especially as someone with a big family, I, I <laughs> there's no there's no finding time that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You know, Thanksgiving, you got people in town, you've got people coming and going and running around all over town and now going to different events with different people on different sides of town. It's just, it's a mess. It's just a mess. And it was the weekend before the Schmodown was Thanksgiving weekend. I'm like, oh God, I could not have had worse luck. I don't think with the timing of how that fell. Oh, so, we, oh sorry. Go ahead, Kayla. Oh, I was just going to ask one more question, which was, um, I don't know when your next match will be. Obviously we don't know a schedule, um, but assuming that uh, timing is much better than with this match, uh, how do you plan to prepare for it? Do you plan to just prepare the way you've been preparing or do you have some new ideas up your sleeve? Um, you know, to be honest, my my preparation has worked really well for me in the past when I can find the time to stick to a routine. The The next match that I... I guess I can't say that I know that it's happening. There's been discussions about doing another Star Wars Celebration match. Okay. I, I so I would love to be involved in that. That's in, that'll be at the end of mid to the end of August. I think it's like August 23rd or something is the first day of Celebration Anaheim. Um, and I would love to be involved there. Um, it's hard to really get more involved than that when it comes to traveling because travel is expensive <laughs> and time consuming. So it's, you know, just kind of have to see where the chips fall for this season and how the schedule falls. I'll, I'll be curious to see um, how they lay it out. Now you did say you live in Chicago, right? I do. Yes. Uh, so if the Schmodown were to make it to Chicago, I suppose that is a potential as well. And I, isn't, isn't Chicago slated for this year or is it, it for is. celebration? Yes. Yeah. I no, believe I know. it's May. Yeah, I, I know that the plan is to be here uh, at some point this year. I didn't know that it was that it was set for May for sure. That's great. I, well, yeah, I, I didn't. Know I that think it is. I'm not a hundred percent, but I, it, I, I want to remember that Christian either said March or May, but I think it's May because Jay Washington then made a comment about summertime in Chicago being amazing, which I can attest to. I've been to Chicago a few times. Love the city. Um, I live in Ohio. I'm a, I'm about six hours away, so I'm definitely going to be going to be going to the Schmodown in Chicago next year. Uh, won't be missing that. But yeah, that that would be great if if uh, since that's your home city, uh, we could see you in a Star Wars match there. That would be great. So Christian, uh, dude, make that happen for us. <laughs> 
I will yeah. say this, that Chicago in May don't count on it being warm. Because this past year, I remember I, there, there have been two years that I've lived here that I have had to wear a coat to go to work in the month of June. So oh. May is not necessarily a guarantee. <laughs> I would kill for that. I live in Mississippi. Yikes. There's no coats in June. Nope. <laughs> There's barely no, coats in April some years. <laughs> Yeah, it snowed here in April this past year, so that was that was. Oh weird. my goodness, yeah. that sounds yep. lovely. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, I do hope that if the Schmodown makes it there, that uh, it would be silly for him not to take advantage of you being there, you know, uh, and uh, free in terms of travel. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would certainly hope to see you then. Um, uh, Jay Wade, any final questions? Uh, no, I was just going to, uh, before we ask you to plug anything that you would like to plug, I know one thing you will plug is Force, to- is, uh, force Toast. Um, I just wanted, uh, before you do that and as you do that, would you mind just telling us a little bit more details about that show? I started an episode uh, earlier today, but I had some things come up and I had to fit, uh, I'll have to finish it later. Um, but yeah, could you tell us a little bit more about that show that you do? Sure, absolutely. So the the show that I do is with my friend Alice is called Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. Um, toast as in cheers and champagne, not toast like bread. Um, oh, <laughs> you just have to throw that throw that in there. Uh, the premise of the show is that we drink wine and talk about Star Wars. That's really the gist of it. It's kind of it's a pretty free for all, laid back. We're not diving too deep into serious questions, themes, analysis type of stuff. It's a pretty laid back, fun show Um, for uh, it's a little not safe for work in terms of language. um, And it's a uh, it's a good time. It's just pretty relaxed. We try to keep we do we do new shows every other week. We try to keep it under two hours and try to be conscious of listeners time. Sometimes we go over a little bit, Um, but it really is a lot of fun. We launched it in April and we're in every other Tuesday release and uh it's a lot of fun. We do trivia a little bit. We always have a couple of uh, rounds of trivia right at the very end of the show. Sometimes when we're just being super lazy, we'll just grab Trivial Pursuit um, and use a couple <laughs> of those cards. So uh, a lot of time, most of the time we're writing our own questions. Sometimes they're sort of topical or themed. Sometimes it's just a free for all. Um, it's, it's a good time. We have a lot of fun with it. And Alice and I are, uh, we met two years ago doing Star Wars trivia. So it's very much ingrained um, into the, the lifeblood of our show too. That's great. That's great. Um, everybody go check that out. And, uh, do you mind telling us where we can find you at on the social media? Sure. My Twitter is at shut up underscore Laura. That's my Instagram handle too, though. I don't use Instagram very much. I'm I'm much, I'm usually a lot, um, more active on Twitter this time of year, leading up to the rise of Skywalker. I'm, I'm staying away a little bit. I haven't been quite as active as I normally am. Um, but yeah, shut up underscore Laura. That's my handle. That's most of the places you can find me. The show is at force toast pod. I do most of the writing for our show and most of the tweeting. So most of the stuff that you're hearing from, from that handle is from me as well. Um, and we have, we are, we're on Instagram with that as well, but again, you know, not quite as active, just, it's a lot to juggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Laura. We really appreciate it. Um, uh, that was a great match last week. Uh, sorry you couldn't pull it out, but you gave you gave Alex a hell of a run for it. So 
Um, that was awesome. But yeah, thank you for your time. We really do appreciate it. And you're welcome back anytime you'd like. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Kaylin, Jay Wade, you guys are great. Um, I hope that, yeah, I hope Jay Wade, if you, if you do come to Chicago, let me know, grab a beer or something. If not at the venue somewhere nearby, it'll be fun. Definitely. Sounds good. I will do that. Um, we are going to take a quick promo break, but before we do, uh, I'm going to plug something real quick because we don't have a promo for it. It's something brand new here. Um, uh, one of the co-hosts of, uh, well, I'll tell you this, Laura, uh, if you're familiar with Collider Live, uh, here at Merck with a Movie Blog, we also have a Collider Live after show with Sarah, Mike, and Sean. And uh, Sean and I are doing a little, a little thing here, a uh, test for a new podcast show called Convince Me, the premise being where someone doesn't like a movie, someone else does like a movie, and the one person has to convince the other person it's a good movie. So as a little test for this, uh, Sean and I are doing one for The Last Jedi. Famously, I, I don't care for that movie at all. Sean, it's his favorite. I've seen his list. It is his favorite Star Wars movie. So uh, we're doing it in two parts. Our first part will be out this weekend. Uh, we'll hear actually in a couple days, uh, just before the release of Episode Nine, And he has his first shot in convincing me that The Last Jedi is good. Then he will get one more shot after I see Episode Nine, just to give it a fair chance. Maybe J.J. can change my opinion a little bit. But just wanted to plug that before our promo break, since we don't have a promo for it. Be on the lookout for that. Let us know what you think. Called Convince Me that The Last Jedi is good. Uh, but until then, we will be right back after the short pause for uh, some other shows from Merc with a Movie Blog. Hey everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Dude, yes, Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. <laughs> Thank God Kaylin will be here too. I don't think I can handle Wade on my own. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, Schmodown fans, this is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talking Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shirewolf, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Hey! 
Hey, it's Sarah, and I'd like to tell you about Afterlife. It's a weekly Collider Live after show podcast where Mike, Sean, and I give our takes on Roxy and Dorena's annex, on Yodi's producing skills, and whatever Cody and Alex are up to in that booth. In addition to having guests, we expand on the crew's discussions and add our own craziness to the mix. You can find the show on Merkwin and Movie Blog Feed on all the podcasting platforms. See you soon. Be sure to check out those shows from Merc with a Movie Blog. Um, I don't know about you, but I thought that that was a great interview with Laura Kelly. She was fabulous. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, seems really down to earth and laid back. Um, I didn't realize that she was from Chicago, though, so that's pretty cool. I've been to Chicago a few times, as you heard in the uh, in the interview there, and uh, I know some people who live there. It's a it's a great city. I've been to a couple Cubs games at uh, Wrigley Field, and when I did both of them, they played uh, my Cincinnati Red Legs, so that was really cool. Um, had one of the best burgers I've ever had at a uh, Harry Carey restaurant one time. Saw you 2 at Soldier Field. Uh, saw Nine Inch Nails up there once. I love that city, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I didn't realize she was from Chicago. That's cool, because I think a lot of people, or me at least, uh, it's easy to assume that uh, – most of, if not all of the competitors live in Los Angeles area. Um, yeah. So. Unless, unless it's someone where it's specifically gotten mentioned where they live for one reason or another. Um, yeah. I assume that everybody's in LA cause you see them all in LA and, uh, watching more and more of SEN having more and more SEN content with SEN live and SEN backstage and everything. I think we're becoming more privy to some of this stuff, but like Christian has said many times, he didn't get to talk about the schmodown too much during Collider Live because he couldn't like monopolize the conversation with uh, a brand that wasn't even part of the Collider brand. So I think we're getting a lot more behind the scenes information than we used to have. I'm yeah, sure if you sure. were religiously watching the rundown or listening to the rundown and following these people very meticulously on all their social media, you'd probably piece together where they're from, but I had not. Um, I knew that Janine traveled just a few hours uh, from somewhere in California. And I knew that uh, a group of them were from Arizona, but yeah, I did. I had no idea she was from Chicago and that's really cool. And hopefully when they go to Chicago, he makes a plan Christian, I mean, makes a plan for her to be in a match because, I mean, you might as well utilize it while she's, you know, there's no travel expenses. Same thing for Atlanta with Alex Damon, too. Oh, it'd be yeah. it'd be nice to utilize that as well. I so hope I get to see him compete. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, But as we were talking about with Laura Kelly, the spectacular happened uh, this past weekend. And it was five matches. And obviously, if you're listening to this, it's spoiler heavy. So, or at least spoiler somewhat, maybe not super spoiler heavy. But uh, certainly don't listen to this if you haven't watched yeah. it. Or if you unless- don't want to know who won or lost, don't listen to this episode. We will have a very spoiler heavy episode next week. Yes, we're we're going to go into it more when we have some more expertise on the panel. (laughs) Um, But just to sort of recap what happened and how we felt about it, I have a question for you. How many matches did you predict correctly? Um, 
I think one. Which um, one? I you're the one who wrote them down. What do you ask me for? Shit. Um, um, <laughs> um, no, I just can't remember. I, I I think I got one of them. I know for sure that I called one of them right. Um, it was the Smets. I I called Smets winning. Um, but I Let's know see. I called Laura winning and I called Bibbs taking the whole thing. So I know I messed up on that. And I did call the founding fathers. You did. So I, you called Bibbs, Kelly, founding fathers, Smets, Bibbs. Yep. So I got, I got Smets and founding fathers, right? I got Bateman, right? Damon, right? I got Shazam wrong. I got Kalinowski wrong. And then I got Bateman, right? So I got three out of five. Um, yeah, got me by one. Uh, two. Oh, I got two. You got oh, you, three. Oh, you right, right. You got, got founding fathers. Yeah, Smets and founding fathers. I mean, shit. Yeah, I can't even keep them straight, <laughs> and I have it all written down in front of me, and I cannot keep straight who won what. Um, yeah. So that first match was Bibbs versus Bateman, and Bateman did TKO Bibbs in the third round. Um, fifth yeah. round, sorry. Yeah, these that were was all impressive. Five, these were all five round matches, and look, five matches of five rounds was long. Yes, it was. It was rough. I was I was falling off towards the end. I didn't even really watch the very last match because I also had other stuff happening at that moment. I had to watch it the next day. I mean, it was on, but I was not paying attention to it. Um, that happened for me, like it was long, but I was never, I was never not engaged. Um, the only time that I wasn't engaged was when they had the, uh, the intermission and I didn't have anything else to do. And I was completely bored and I almost took a nap, but (laughs) other than that, I was completely engaged, but it was long though. But I mean, it didn't, it didn't really, uh, it didn't really wear on me too bad, I guess. Well, what wore on me was not even related to the match, was not the Spectacular's fault, was the fact that as soon as we figured out that Atlanta tickets were on sale, we went on there to buy them, and the thing spazzed out through an error code, and then we looked on our credit card, and they had charged us twice. And we bought Elite Passes. So they charged us over $1,000 when they should have only charged us 500 And it was showing up for... T- so I was just like fuming and sending emails and trying to contact the support and whatever. So that's why I was totally missing that last match. Because we just thought like between matches, we'll just buy the tickets real fast and it'll be fine. And that's what had my attention. But I've already shouted him out twice on SEN Live. But Jonathan, their event person, is fabulous. He got right on that shit and is having it fixed and everything and is just, he's great. He is on top of stuff. So that was great. So that, I mean, that was not Oyama and Bateman's fault. It was a very interesting match once I actually sat down and watched it with a clear head. It was just unfortunate that that happened in that moment. That was my personal problem. Other people probably were not experiencing that. Um, so the second match was Damon versus Kelly. Damon did win and honestly, not that, not that crazily. Um, it was 29 toe to toe till the bonus question. Yes. Um, and, and it wasn't, uh, 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 
a TKO or a KO. He won. Oh. He had to answer at least one question right in the third round to win, and he did. He answered his two pointer. He had he needed to answer more, he may have gotten the three and five right. We'll never know. But he only won by one point. She is definitely a a competitor to look out for. Um, but you just cannot give anything up against him. She she missed that bonus question. They both threw perfect second rounds. The third round, she got wrong. She That's the betting round. She got it wrong. He got it right. He bet three points. She bet two. So he won three and lost two. And she lost two, which is really where the big difference happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, she ended up being neutral in round four because she lost a point and then gained a point back. He gained three. So he gained on her through those other rounds. I'm not convinced that if this had been a traditional three-round match that he would have necessarily won. Because if you take out the weird betting round and buzzer rounds, going into round five, uh, which would really be a round three, they were only off by a point. So, I mean, that, that played to his advantage. Um... Then we had the t- team's title match, which was Founding Fathers versus Shazam, which was a TKO. Was half, uh, not half, but I was a little right on my prediction. Right. A uh, little so bit. He was definitely really sick, and apparently yeah. that is now spreading all around the Collider offices. Oh, no. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, oh, and his girlfriend's got it, I think. Uh, but he, they definitely pretended like he was not coming, and yeah, he, they yeah. knew all along he was coming, or they at least knew from the morning that he was coming. Which Darren and I kept saying that to each other. We we're like, they know that he's coming, or they would have canceled this match. They would not be doing this crap. He's going to show up last minute, but it's not really going to be last minute, and that's what happened. Um. I don't think they needed all the theatrics, but I get that it's like wrestling, so whatever. Um, and they freaking won on a TKO against a very good team. Shazam is a fabulous team. While he was sick. Like, that's yeah. insane. But the most insane part was the fact that at the end, Merle's all like, you know, I really want to do something special. And he brought his girlfriend out there, but he oh, man. propose to her. I know. I thought for sure he was going to. Oh, my God. I texted you. I was like, he's about to propose. And me and Darren are, are like <laughs> on the edge of our seats watching. We're like, we're about to see a proposal. We're about to see a proposal. And then he freaking didn't. And then I was like. And then I think Roka took the mic, and I was like, I wonder if Roka's going to propose. And what's funny about that is sometime this week on Collider Live, um, Roka did say that his girlfriend was like, if you propose to me after that, I'm going to kill you, or something like that. Like, Oh, yeah, not- yeah. They were sitting – I saw that clip today, actually. They were uh, – he said they were sitting on the couch, and – he was coughing, and as he was coughing, he said that he said something like, "You know, he wanted to marry her, or will you marry she me?" Was but, like, that's not she, how you're going to yeah. propose to me. Yeah, that's not oh how God. you're going to do it. <laughs> oh, but that—that's uh—that I digress. But um, so that was to me the funniest part of that whole match. Um, the inner geekdom title was, of course, Kalinowski and Smets. Smets won. 
just just crazily knock out. Alanowski uh, was very upset too. Yes. And on SEN backstage this week or Schmodown backstage this week, um, I asked Christian, you know, I, I obviously knew that Kalinowski was upset because he's a very emotional person. But I was wondering if, you know, any part of him not coming back out and Shannon coming back, you know, like, was any part of that played up? And he said, no, he was, like, genuinely upset. Um, I am still wondering, though, some things that Christian has said has made me think that Kalinowski over time has been planting the seed that um, Grace and... Ken were not good managers but I think that was being done strategically for this mm-hmm. moment I'm um, still not happy about that match that I called out where Ken Ken was calling the match and he fucking fed old girl the answer to the like led her to the to the category uh, that's like oh he said to picking the pat again, category right? on the wheel and I'm like dude yeah. what no 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 that was not cool I definitely don't think that you should be on the desk if one of your players is playing, and I do hope that that is a hard and fast rule for this coming season because every manager is going to have like up to 10 players, and I just don't want there to be any question that the match was called fairly. And I get that they don't have enough people to have completely neutral parties always being on the desk. I get that they have to use the people they have, which means using managers or using other players. I totally get that. And I'm okay with that, but it should not be your own player. Um, well, other players shouldn't be doing it. Be, I don't think any managers or players should be doing it. They should find neutral people because even another player, I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that they will, uh, they that they won't call it fairly. But like, say Kalinowski is calling a match and Smets is in the match, that is a conflict. Or say Smets is in a match and Dagnino is calling the match, or any other manager is calling the match, and that person's a competitor to their faction. It's just, you know, it, it just yeah. you can't do that. There's. You you have to eliminate any of any of the thought um, as to whether or not there could be some bias there. So I think they need to find people for the desk who are not are not managers, are not competitors, but that's their job is to work the desk or like uh, Jen Sturger put her on double duty if that's something she's interested in. You know, well, but let's think I of just who we have. Who do we have who's a neutral party? Um, Clark we Wolf. have Clark Wolf. Rachel Cushing is not a manager. Um, we have, of course. Or is she? Is she going to be a know. surprise 11th manager at the, at the draft? Um, Christian has implied that she might be helping Sam with his team. Yeah, but there's... Oh. I don't know. There's something I want to talk about so bad, and I've reached out to to someone who we've had on the show because I want to talk about something that 
I don't know that I can talk about because Christian talked a little bit about it, but he didn't name drop. But I know one of the names, and I want to know the back story or the the behind-the-scenes story of what really happened with this specific person. And I want to know if they were the first person or the second person. Maybe Christian will know what I'm talking about. But I, I just... I, I, I knew something was going on, and I'm just kind of curious what really happened there. But I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Cushing uh, comes out as a surprise 11th manager at the uh, at the last minute at the draft. I think it'd be fun if, if there was an 11th manager. I don't know if it's – or you know what I would prefer? I would prefer if instead of an 11th manager, if they surprise kicked out Robert Meyer Burnett and replaced him with someone like a Clark or a Rachel <laughs> because he gets on my last fucking nerve. Yeah, I I don't – yeah, I, I agree. I'm not going to expand on what you just said. I'll just agree. And his team name is the Burning Droogs. Yeah, what whatever. the fuck? What yeah, oh, and that that's another mean? thing that What's happened is, rug? yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's from, uh, it's a reference from A Clockwork Orange, I'm I'm fairly certain okay. that was a, well, a reference, or the gang name, or a reference to the gang from uh, Clockwork Orange, if, well, I, if is, I remember correctly. That is uh, not a four-quadrant kind of reference, no. and uh, if, uh, okay, anyway, I, I, could, mm, no, I need to move on. Um, so, but while we're talking about like conflict or, you know, things that might be a conflict of interest, I'm wondering, and this is something that happened on backstage. People, of course, ask Christian questions and Christian answers them. So people were asking him, like, who do you think is the, uh, uh, player of the year you know in singles who do you think is the team of the year who do you think you know all those types of questions and he was answering and I specifically remember him saying I can't remember what category it was for but him saying oh Rachel should definitely be a nominee she's not going to win but she should definitely be nominated and things like that and I I have a little bit of a problem with Christian who founded this and is the leader of this and in some ways the boss of all of these people, I have a problem with him giving his two cents. I get that he gets to vote and I want him to be able to vote. I'm scared that people are going to listen to him and go, well, Christian's expecting this person to win. So should I vote for that person? Even if it's not who they want to vote for. And if he keeps campaigning for someone, I feel like it's just an automatic thing. And mm. and are people going to be, not us, not us the fans. I mean, we have no reason to be scared. But what if, you know, and I don't think he's an irrational or mean person in any way where if somebody said, no, I really think this is a better player. I don't think he'd be like, well, you're not in the schmodown anymore or anything ridiculous like that. It just, it gets in the back of your mind, you know, and it influences you. And I'm wondering if he should be giving his opinions about things like that. You know, I, yeah, I think about the crown and how, uh, 
in the crown it keeps getting brought up about how the queen is not allowed to show an opinion she's not allowed to nod or smile or agree or disagree because then she has an, a stance and once she has a stance she's not doing her job and that's sort of what i don't know i may be making too big of a deal out of it it may not matter i i just wanted to throw that out there that you know maybe his opinion isn't the universal opinion but right. maybe he could filter the opinion in that direction inadvertently i feel you yeah um but back to the spectacular uh the very last match i didn't even finish taking my notes on it because it was just murderous um <laughs> oh it was so rough bateman just slaughtered oyama and i have a question what was the answer to the very last question about uh, what kind of creatures gizmo? What are they called before Mogwai. they become Mogwai? I could not think of that word. I'm like, okay, they're not called a gremlin until they get creepy looking. Yeah, I'm um, sitting there yelling at the TV. I'm like, Mogwai, uh, Mogwai, you fool! And then at one point, I'm like, Dorina's yelling. I'm just like thinking of Dorina, like Dorina's yelling at you, dude, Mogwai. Yeah, yeah. So that was a complete slaughter. Um, Oyama made it sound like you know he was depressed afterwards and sad that he lost and you could tell he was bummed but something that also got mentioned on backstage was people were saying if you follow him on Letterboxd he's already back to watching like five movies a day and you could tell he's already like training again but you're allowed to be sad you're allowed to take that time to be annoyed and I'm never doing this again, you know, and then you come back to it. And so I think we're going to see Oyama come back, and I think he might come back with a little bit of a vengeance. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'll be honest. Um, and again, when I talk about who I, who I'm fans of and who I do and don't care for, or even if I use the words, I like this person, I don't like this person, I'm only speaking within the context of their character in the show. Right, the kayfabe, um, yeah. Yeah, because um, I don't know Oyama, I don't know any of these people, but within, right, the, right. within the schmodown, he's not my favorite. Um, he's not mine either, and I think it, that... It would be nice to see him come back. Yeah, I think that they've they've mentioned several times that he kind of got a little cocky and rude and he's he's learned his lesson a little bit. I think he did need to bring be brought down a notch and I think it'll it'll help. So like, you know, help him uh come down to reality a little bit. Because right, right. when you're like undefeated at 20 or 21 or 22 or whatever it is your first season like i think you're almost better off losing a few at the beginning yeah. it's sort yeah. of like people who get uh you know they they move to hollywood and their first role is a starring role and then they're just a star from there and then they don't know how to handle the lulls or the bad movie that bombed you know you're almost better off getting small parts and moving up and having a few ups and downs and then you can handle it better when it happens. And so in in that respect I think it was good for him to lose. And yeah. but now he could try to get it back. 
Um, It'll be interesting. So uh, a couple other things that happened. Number one, we learned who the managers were and what their team names were. I don't know if you remember all the team names, but were there any? uh, Did one stick out to you that you're like, yeah, I really like that. Or, yeah, that's god awful. Or, you know, you could have been more Um, creative or something like that. I will say that um, Finstock Exchange, it, I know it was a joke. I can't remember who made it against him. Um, I know it was a joke, but when they said it should be called Gucci Exchange, but for real, Gucci Exchange sounds fucking awesome. It should be Gucci Exchange. That is great. You do um, understand why it's called the Finstock Exchange. Yeah, because of the stock exchange on Wall Street. Um, But I just still think Gucci exchange just sounds even fucking better. Um, uh, uh, There was one that I really didn't like other than What's-His-Knuckles. The Mouthy Marks was Koi. Swag was... Swag Squad. Yeah, I can't say that. I can't say it without... Messing it up. <laughs> Swag squad. Um, Swag squad. I don't know about them. <laughs> uh, I just think that that's going to be a fun team, and I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm definitely going to support and follow that team. I don't know if it's going to be like the team that I will support the most, but it, he's. I'm definitely going to be rooting for Winston's team. It, it sounds like it's going to be a blast. And his little like catchphrase is "drip drip," and I don't know what yeah. that means. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent either, but I'm pretty sure it's a sexual term, a uh, reference okay. of some, of some sort. Uh, Jay Washington was villains and heroes. That's rather boring. We talked about Tom and the Finstock exchange. Roxy was rock stars, which I expected. Cause that's like what she calls her fans. Like when she live streams, um, Kaiser's still the dungeon. That's boring. Um, Sam is the usual suspects. Which is great, but I was kind of, it would have been cool if, I I was thinking that one would have been cool if they would have just, he would have just called them the Bastards, because oh. everyone knows the Inglorious one, so he wouldn't need to make it Inglorious Ooh. Bastards, it could just, just be the bastards. the bastards, and then everyone knows it's the Inglorious one's Bastards, I, the, the, the Inglorious mm, Bastards. But I bet. I bet that was tossed around or something like that. I bet Christian nixed it because of children. Uh, yeah. Man. Which a bunch of them totally ignored the fact that there were children watching because they were dropping F bombs left, right, and center. Yeah. Um Five Club obviously is Emma and Grace is going to be her like advisor or helper or support or something. Shannon is going to lead corruption now she basically took corruption away from ken and grace and robert Meyer Burnett is the burning droogs which they can burn for all i care yeah um, and i found out what drip drip means in slang uh it's it, uh it uh means extremely fashionable or sexy which goes right along with swag the uh, swag so uh, Makes I sense. Guess, I guess you and I are not either of those things since we don't know what these words mean. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sexy, so I'm one of those two things. It just means that I'm not hip. So, uh, Nor am I. Uh, the other thing that happened was we learned that uh, Andrew Guy, he, 
he did retire, but he didn't. He later changed his mind and yeah. is not really retired, which we did learn on backstage. Backstage or SC so Live. Well, it Christian was both, mentioned but he it. confirmed it today. Right, right, Andrew right. Andrew did personally. Yeah, that. It, it, he really was upset in the moment. He really did retire. No one, genuinely, no one knew. Even though people are like, "Oh, they're bad actors," and they're, <laughs> it's like, no, he's they a good didn't. actor. He did a commercial that it, he did such a. I can't remember what it was for, but I, it, it, he just did such an amazing job. I believe it was a commercial for the military, not like for the military, but like in support of. Uh, military or military service or or something like that, but he's he's a good actor. Well, I could tell he's a good actor because uh, his character is nothing like him, but it's so believable. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and so some other stuff that. Well, okay. So I guess before we move on from spectacular, was there anything else that happened? that you think we should mention uh not at spectacular or anything but i mean just kind of a segue into from spectacular but into some more a couple more smowdown things was just brett's fake coverage of the spectacular oh was God. really funny um well his his improv coverage or reviews of anything is funny he it's is so a good. great he's great at yes and like he is so yeah. great at just rolling with whatever yeah. gets thrown at him <laughs> i want him and ken to do something together because that's what ken and josh are so good at on the afternoons and all right on to the point that i don't even realize that's what they're doing sometimes i've caught on now but at the beginning i'd be like oh they're talking about like a product or a tv show or something and i'd be like man i'm gonna gotta watch this show and then like at some point i realize oh it's it's fake they're just like riffing <laughs> so i i need him to hang out with ken knapsack sometime yeah uh, that'd be good stuff uh now yeah there was that and then you know the couple one rule kind of rule thing that christian was talking about implementing next season that i that i my choice word for it was bullshit which is suiting for what it was the whole the for the no cussing thing and losing a point they were discussing it was suggested that the competitors should lose a point or a jte um for cussing and my response to that is bullshit um i mean i understand that he wants to cut back on the language and all that but it it's just there's no way man you can't do that dude you're screwing the hard work that these people put into it because they cussed now i could understand like i'm and i'm not i'm not saying i could understand meaning i can understand at this point you take points away no i can never understand that but i mean i can understand you got issues with people who excessively cuss and you can't get them to stop doing it okay Quit giving them matches. That will set them straight. But when they actually play and they compete and they put in that work and then they, they earn those points, they shouldn't lose points because of language. They just shouldn't. 
or 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 a JTE. It's just you can't mess with their gameplay like that because of language. I don't think. I don't think it's right. So, pre-recorded studio matches, you can cut around it. Like if if the main issue is there's children watching, you can you can edit it or whatever. Live events, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, if a kid goes to, like, a wrestling match, which they can go to, I I know that the wrestlers are more well-trained in the sense that they know that they're on a certain network or whatever, so they, you know, they can always say certain things. But they're going to hear it from the people sitting around them in the crowd for sure. Yeah. That's where they're going to hear it at. I mean... But but, but def- and that's the point that they're still going to hear it. So what? You're not going to yeah. you're not going to let your kids. You're going to start laying the smackdown on people in the audience at wrestling events now. I mean, it just you just can't. And especially like like you said, you can edit around it in the studio. Um, but if you're like the live events, those matches, the vast majority of the time are big, important matches. And those are the ones where you really can't mess with people's points and and their gameplay like that. You just can't do it, man. And and you've also got to take into account that um, that, uh, everyone is aware of it. So I'm sure that every... I I don't think that anyone goes in there saying, uh, I'm going to cuss no matter what. I don't care. I'm going to cuss anyway. I do not believe that's the case. I believe it is in the heat of the moment. And if you're going to start stripping points and JTE rules from people, punish, punishing them like that because of, of cussing and it's 99.9% of the time done in the heat of the moment, then, I mean, that's just, I just think that's wrong. And, and I don't... And, I don't have a suggestion to curb it other than, like I said, if it's an excessive problem with a specific person or people, then bench them for a match. Let that be the punishment. And, and I guarantee you, if you mess if you mess with someone's match by benching them, one, they're going to feel like shit and they're not going to like being benched. So that'll give them incentive to watch their language and be more cautious about it. Two, it's going to fuck with their whole team and their team's points. And you sure as shit better believe their team and their manager are going to give them hell about it. That will give them more incentive to clean it up. But, I mean, in the middle of a match and someone drops an F-bomb and you're just like, oh, you lose a JTE rule or you lose a point, like, that just, I, I just, I don't know. I cannot back that. I don't have strong feelings either way. Um and the other issue is half of the F-bombs didn't even come during... I don't know if any of them actually happened during a match. No, they didn't. They happened during promos or during the interviews afterwards. Or I think one of them... Wasn't one of them Shannon Barney when she went up there to uh, talk about she was taking over corruption? I think so. <laughs> So, like, what are you going to do then, aside from penalize points off of the team or something? I think but... that's what they mean. I think they mean if you cuss at all, like during the match or in the in the middle or stuff I like that. And I'm just like, I don't, that's not, and I, I mean, think... and, and also another thing, I could hear Christian's rebuttal to what I said about benching them for a match, being like, 
Well, they're going to lose points because they're not even allowed to play in the match. They'll lose more points by being benched than they would if they would play the match and then lose a point or two during the match. I, I mean, and, and granted, that is that is also a valid argument, but I just I just still don't like the idea of in the middle of gameplay just being like, oh, you lost a point or you lost this, like just like right in the middle of the match. That's gonna fuck up their whole the whole rest of their match. And and I just I don't think it's I just don't think that's the right place or time. And 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 since it's not the right place or time, that shouldn't be the penalty because even if they don't say it right in the middle of the match, like say Roka says fuck, and they don't be like, uh, you know, you're gonna lose a point right now, but they but it's known that it will happen at the end of the match before they tally the scores, that's still gonna eat on those competitors uh while they're finishing out the match. Yeah, I don't think that this is something that's set in stone. I think Christian was. Oh like, no, it was just suggested. But I mean, yeah. I just, I just, I definitely wanted to put my two cents in on it because yeah. I mean, if it's suggested and he was saying it's a good idea, I at least want to say something about it because I just, I don't agree. And I, in, in that, and I'll say it again that the, the, the call. The result of the challenge in the Looney Bin uh, match—it's still pissing me off. It was—it was a terrible, terrible call, and that entire match could have changed, and it could have changed the spectacular. And it just was an absolutely terrible and wrong decision. Well, so I will was forever call... stand by that. So oh. was their call for Atchity, um, um the Paddington two versus the family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that but was... I mean, the loony bin was a much worse call and no offense to Paddington two, but they won and then they challenged themselves. So yeah. I have no sympathy. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of respect for, for them and the sportsmanship is awesome. But aside from that, I don't feel bad that they lost because they had it won. Now yeah. loony bins case that was just flat out wrong. If if the question is either from the category that it's listed that is said, or it's not, and and, and that is the bottom line. If you're not going to have rules, or if you're not going to follow the rules, rather, then you shouldn't have them. It, it just it was a terrible decision. But anyway, that's long past. Well, while we're reiterating old issues, I still want. A copy of that rule book once it gets written yeah that yeah i was thinking about that last night driving down to my buddy's house i'm like man and i even said it out loud sometimes i get so aggravated i i, I the conversation moves from my head and i start talking to myself out loud and i go i go what other sport refuses to allow their fans to know the rules it just it yeah. aggravates me. There is no sport out there that refuses to allow their fans to know the rules. Yeah, I I, I want that rule book so bad. Um, and then the last thing there was the recycling the old questions, which I, I have really no think there issue be a cap. with. Uh, there should there be a should, cap. Yeah. 
Like 2019, there's no way they should be asking questions from this season that just ended. Winston is spot on about that. They like, but like 18 and sooner, okay. I would even say 17 and earlier would be better, but definitely not from this past 2019 season. Yeah, that's too soon. Like, what if it was from the spectacular and it's a match in. Atlanta in February. Like, what's the chances that they don't remember that if they were the one playing in that match? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think there should definitely be a cap. I think the problem with that is I think the reason they're wanting to do it is because they're having such big trouble, number one, writing new questions, and number two, keeping track of what's been asked and what hasn't yeah. been asked. And so I think they just want to not have to worry about it and not have to rely on players to be honest that they've heard the question before. Right, um, right, which is completely understandable. But, I mean, too, there is such a thing as too soon. Also? Well, no, I shouldn't say that because I honestly don't. Sometimes there is such a thing as too soon, and this is one of those cases. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you should have a buffer where someone would have to Unless it was an iconic question, you're not going to remember a lot of very specific questions that came up from 2016, 2017, unless you're going back and studying game film. But if you're going back and studying game film, you should be rewarded to an extent because you're doing your job. Right, right. You're preparing. I mean, uh, so I always go back to my job, which is teaching. And I teach math and I remember being in college and getting questions that were identical to the homework, but it was basically the teacher saying, I'm trying to figure out if you even did your homework. Cause if you did your homework, you should be able to do at least this problem. Yeah. So basically if a problem, if a question comes up in a match and you can't get it and it's from a match, uh, from either a match you played in or one you probably should have studied and you can't get it, that's on you, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm cool with that because especially with Star Wars and with some of the inner geekdom categories, it's gotten so deep into the minutia that I would love some surface level stuff to come back. But, and it would help, you know, with new blood, like, breaking them in a little bit to be able to ask some of that stuff and also with the fandom because christian has said before like he doesn't want to cut too deep sometimes because especially with like round one questions he wants people to be able to play along and be like i knew that one i knew that one yeah or like oh man i i i thought i knew it and i was wrong you know but like not asking about a movie that's so obscure that no one would know who's listening except for the random McWeenie or Ethan Irwin. Right, exactly. Um, yep. So, one more thing, and this is not specific to Schmodown. This is more about the network as a whole. Christian has said this several times, and it's severely bothering uh, Darren and me by extension, which is... He keeps using the word investor and he keeps saying the problem is I'd have to pay an investor back. And I just want to clarify something. An investor does not 
loan you money. An investor infuses the company with money, typically in exchange for a portion of ownership or in exchange for some sort of profits or something. Yes, but but the profits would come after their original investment was returned. You see, I think that's what he means. I mean, I don't know what he means, but I think that's what he means. But you don't return an investment. I mean, you don't like return it like you would a loan. But I mean, if I invest $50 into your business, I expect to get that $50 plus more in the end for my investment because I'm investing into the further progression of your company. You see what I mean? So it's not like, okay, okay, but that's what I think is going on. Right. But, um, in in the reality of things, that's not what investment means. Investment means you now own part of the company and therefore uh, your money that you invested into it is not your own anymore. It is part right, of the I company you're and you're hoping that, that, that using that money then gives you a return. So like if I go buy stock, like Walmart stock, say – because I do own some Walmart stock. A teeny, I own a teeny, 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 tiny portion of Walmart. Um, very, very small. You can't see how big it is. It's so tiny. But That's what go, she said. <laughs> <laughs> if you go buy some Walmart stock, you've now invested in Walmart, okay? Right. But you can't just say, okay, Walmart, I'm tired of being invested in you. You have to give me my money back. You have to then find someone else to buy your chunk from you. So what could happen is someone could invest in SEN and then over time, if it got successful enough and they wanted to pull out, Christian could then make them an offer for their portion of the company that they bought, but he would not be indebted to them. You are not indebted to an investor. Now, if he took a loan out from someone, which I I can't see Christian wanting to give up partial ownership, and that may be where he's coming from. He's thinking, I don't want someone to own part of my company. And so if he partnered with someone or got a sponsor or something like that, where they expect like you agree to terms where they're going to get their money back no matter what. Then you're then that's a that means you're issuing debt. You're in some sort of debt now, and that's different. And I think that's that's more what he keeps referencing. But he keeps using the word investor. And as someone you know uh, who Darren talks me in circles about finance, I, I can't even get close to talking about it the way he does. He keeps saying that's not what an investor. But um. <laughs> I I get where Christian's coming from, though, because I really doubt he truly means someone to buy part of the company. He probably means more just someone to uh, throw some money into the company who would then expect to be paid back after a certain arranged amount of time. And that's debt. Like, that's just taking on a debt. Um, And I can see being wary of that because... At the end of the day, if you don't pay them back, then you're bankrupt. You know, 
And this isn't just the business. This is his life. So I can totally see that. Um, Now, with all that said, I think if he was willing to part with a chunk of ownership, and he wouldn't have to necessarily part with a controlling interest. He could keep a controlling interest of the company. But if he was willing to part with uh, a little bit of ownership. Holy shit, dude. I'm sorry, but like I checked out of all of this financial hour discussion like 10 minutes ago. I don't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you and everything, but like it just hit me. I'm like, I'm like, I've heard this conversation before so many times and then it hit me. Saturday morning, the financial hour on the morning talk radio station. <laughs> and I just, I'm so sorry, but I just, I, 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 I really like you, Kaylin, but I cannot take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, this is all I was going to say, is I think the people who keep asking about <laughs> investing really mean, like, I want to invest in the company, not I want to loan you money. Right, and I right, think that's right. where the diff, like where the disconnect is. And yeah. I bet some of the people who are asking are thinking, <laughs> "I would love to buy a chunk of Sen and in- infuse money into it and get it going." But I think he's thinking more along the lines of debt. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And if you want to cut this out later when you edit, that's no, fine. No, I'm not. No, no, hell no. <laughs> I'm sure that most people are like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" <laughs> but. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So that's been the big conversation in my house this week. Awesome. So, <laughs> awesome. Um, which, which is a lot different than the conversation I had with your husband uh, before we recorded. And he told me about how you were taking a poop and you were doing a, a crossword puzzle. And then you corrected and said it was a logic puzzle, not a crossword puzzle. but. But you know, I thank you, Darren, for telling me that uh, that Kalen was taking a shit. Um, he I stole mean, my I phone really while I was that, showering. So, so, so were you showering or shitting? Well, I've seen this. So is he a liar, or were you really taking the poop? Don't I'm not even going here. I don't even care. Um, no, but- he took the phone when I went to get into the shower, <laughs> and then I had to poop. And he oh kept the phone, and I said, just let me know if Jay Wade says something important. But apparently, y'all were just talking about whatever I was up to, and the fact that apparently it's wrong of me to want to ask his opinion before I change something in the house. <laughs> um, oh, men. Yeah, uh, but hey, jumping into SEN portion of the show, um, I had to start off with this because one of your notes, I'm going to read your exact quote here because it was cracking <laughs> me up, um, which you had told me this in private as well. Um, uh, your exact note was, I have no notes so far, except that Christian is looking sexy with them glasses. Oh my God. Okay, so Christian was already a rather attractive man. He, he is an attractive man. Uh, I've met him in person. He's attractive in person, too. But something about glasses, I'm just like, that just, like, bumped him up at least a point on a 10-point scale. I don't know why. Long, schlong, schlong, schlong. <laughs> <laughs> I love me. That's funny. I'm like, 
like Brett. Brett is like my favorite because he just, he looks like a dad and he's got the glasses and he, he can like build a shelf and <laughs> like, like Brett is perfect. I don't see Brett seems to have a lot of self-conscious <laughs> issues, but I think a lot of us women out there are like, okay, if we had to choose one of these people to, I don't know about sleep with, I'm, you know, beyond the point of just like, I'm going to sleep with somebody, but like to be in a relationship with, it's Brett, faux show. But Christian with them glasses is leaning more that way. Now, I'm still aware of the fact that he has to hire Brett to do all of his handyman stuff. <laughs> and Lucky um, uh, Christian's wife, according to, to your logic, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, those glasses look great on him. And I don't know if you've noticed this. He still flubs one every now and then, but he does such a better job reading uh, all the yeah. schmobots yeah. that are the, the, the stream labs that come in and getting them right the first time. Yeah, yeah. So that was great. Also, uh, on today's episode, we both dropped a Streamlab, and they actually got read back-to-back, which was funny. Um, And yours... Mine was better. No offense to you. Yours was great, but mine was better. I mean, mine was just fucking hysterical. That was funny. I'm, I'm brilliant, dude. I'm a genius. I'm sorry. But I'm a genius. I was the one who requested... To hear Obama trying to convince Mr. Freeze that global global warming was real. That That's was brilliant, funny. dude. <laughs> but I then you knocked the it fact, out, too. Yeah, but I also love the fact that you didn't say on there, Bonnie, will you come on our show? But no, I didn't say that, by the way, guys. That was Christian who brought said, oh, that in there. Oh, just you to come on your show. And I, listen, she didn't say no. She said, well, not oh, today. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely be hitting her up for sure. That'll be that'd be fun. And then I asked her to say something in, uh, that would make him turn red, and she started talking about his Johnson again. So that supposedly was, he had a big package rocking that night. Apparently so. And <laughs> and okay, so here's the thing that I need men to start understanding. I don't know what kind of pants he was wearing. I have no idea. But, you know, like, uh, athletic shorts or pants that guys wear that are, you know, stretchy or whatever. And, you know, you wear them to exercise or, but lots of dudes just wear them all the time. Wear underwear. I do. I wear boxers under them all the time. Good. All the time. Always. All men do. Yeah, because some of those men are, they're what? They're disgusting. I thought you said they're dusting. I'm like, what are they dusting? Oh, they're disgusting. It's yeah. it's my t- it's see that's one of the examples of the that gap in the front of my teeth from when my I broke my tooth out last week and it, it see I told you you can hear it sometimes and that was an example of where it didn't come out right. Well, some men do not wear underwear, and those pants don't provide enough structure. So they sort of form (laughs) to your body. And should anything be moving on your body, as you move, the pants move with it. Right. So, underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you are, like, really, really proud of yourself and looking for a mate, then I understand. 
but some places where it's not appropriate. Mm, church. Mm, <laughs> classroom. Mm, uh, dentist, dentist office. office. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, yeah, so just some advice for you guys out there. Um, and okay. So this week we also. I'm just going to say this. RB, did you notice today that RB3 perved out on Bonnie? And do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I may know once you say it. Well, Bonnie. Bonnie's top was a low top, like the button-wise. It, it hung mm-hmm. down low. Yeah. And when she first got in there and she went to sit down, RB3 turned on the camera a little bit too early, and she was right up next to the camera, and it was it was kind of a oh, I an above shot. Oh, come on. It's RB3, man. Where are the white women at? You know what I'm saying? That oh, was, my goodness. He was totally... He, that was on purpose. I don't purpose. know if that was on purpose. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just messing around. That Poor that baby. did happen, but it's just the... I like the whole where are the white women at. <laughs> Poor Ben had to call in sick so he could avoid her because he's... I'm sure he's afraid of her at this point. Because I think Christian is right. I don't think Ben would know what to do with her. No, no. I don't I'm know re- that I would. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Have you ever, and I know he's not a little kid, but I just think of him as a child. Um, He's older than me by, like, four years. Uh, oh, my God. Who Who is the, uh, uh, Brent Moran? Have you ever heard of him? Uh, you'd have to tell me where okay. I would maybe he's know a, him from. He's a stand-up comedian, and he has a special on Netflix. Uh, or it was on Netflix. Uh, no, and I have no idea. He was talking about being, like, super young, and he was dating, like, an older woman, and he was a virgin. But then she got kind of, like, aggressive one night. You know, like, n- like not the kind of stuff that, uh, at, you know, like, when you're, like, 18 or whatever you're still trying to figure out, you know, where to even put it, much less. Oh, all right. Um, you know, much less getting creative. Sometimes, I, I, dude, as a man, I will complete, and, and women know this too, but it, it, as a man, it is an embarrassing thing, or it can be. Um, I've never found it embarrassing just because I'm a fucking guy. Of course, I'm going to stumble around the female genitalia. Um, but it, it, dude, I'll admit it, man, it's, Sometimes it's hard to get good alignment, and it can be embarrassing. It can feel embarrassing, like you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? And well, and it just—I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get graphic, but that's all I'm going to say. I understand, but the point is, there, uh, there's a line from his stand-up that Darren and I say to each other all the time, which is, "She ripped his shirt off," and apparently his response was, "My buttons." And so randomly we'll just say my buttons to each other and that's what i imagine like i think bonnie would eat 
been alive. Oh, yeah. And, like, chew him up and spit him out. And I just see him, like, melting into this little child and being like, my buttons! So that's what I just keep hearing in my head. So God bless him. And I know that it was all, like, you know, just for fun or whatever. But God, oh, that was so funny. I wish he'd been on there today so that they could continue. Yep, yep, for sure. Okay, so we've had two Bagel Boy songs. Yeah, the one that dropped today was awesome, or that they played today. It was like, uh, I don't know what exactly uh, you call the style of rap that it is, but it was a rap type, hip-hop rap. I I don't know with the styles anymore. I come from... You know, Tupac, uh, 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 Dr. Dre, The Chronic, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice, you, you know, shit like that. Murder Was a Case soundtrack. No, so I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with this shit today. But it was a rap style song, and it, it was pretty good, man. It was pretty it was. good. It was. It was really awesome. Yeah. Winston was um, loving it. He was. And, oh, sorry. I kind of hiccuped. Um too bad Ben wasn't there to hear it, but I'm sure people have sent it his way. So I'm sure he's heard it. Uh, For sure. Oh, I'm sure they tweeted it at him on the spot right away. Oh, He I'm was sure. probably listening, really. To be honest, I would imagine he was probably listening. Mm, I, I, it's, unless he's, like, so sick he's, like, just sleeping. But, yeah. Well, he couldn't be too sick. He was up watching Mandalorian at 3 in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> poor uncomfortable Ben. He's sick or he's being attacked about being bagel boy and stealing. Or Bonnie is flirting with him and he doesn't know what to do with it. But uh, something that they started talking about. Ooh, was that today? Um, No, it was not today. It was yesterday, I believe. Uh, or no, it wasn't that- yesterday. It was... Someday. It doesn't yeah, yeah. matter. Uh, like, what's the most uncomfortable thing you've ever had to watch, like, with someone? And oh, yeah. it just made you super uncomfortable. And uh, so I have a couple stories here. One of them is, I guess I was in college and I was at home, though. And I decided I'd try to watch The Tudors. I'd never seen it. And I turned it on. And within the first, like, five minutes of the first episode... They're doing it doggy style with boobs a flapping and everything. I didn't know what it was going to be. So my mom comes through the living room. Yeah. She's like, What the hell are you watching? It's Pornhub, like, mom. Get like, a clue. It's a show I was going to try to watch, but it's a little graphic. I eventually did watch it, but mm. not at my mom's house. Um, when I was a kid, me and my parents would watch CSI together, but depending on what the episode was about, sometimes they'd send me to my room and I distinctly (laughs) remember being, us being in the living room and we start watching an episode and it's one where uh, there's a bunch of furries and oh yeah, dude! I can get them, down with that. I can get down with that. Well, as soon as they showed them in this like weird nightclub, my dad goes, "No, go to bed." And <laughs> but here's the really stupid part: I had a TV in my room, so when they'd send me to bed, I'd just go watch it in my room. Right, right. But the <laughs> point great. was, I was not watching it with them. Right, right. 
Yeah. So those are my most distinct memories of something like that happening. Yeah. Um, I, I got always one. the parents, isn't it? It's, and mine is too, but it wasn't my parents. Um, oh, shit. Uh, I was 16, and uh, my best friend at the time was a chick. Her name Nicole. Uh, so we're still great friends now. Um, and uh, she, uh, I was at her house, and it was me and her and her stepsister and her, and her stepbrother and her two brothers and her mom and dad. And, like, we're all just sitting around in the living room hanging out. And then, like, her, her mom and dad had rented a movie, and it was striptease. And, like, we're all just sitting there watching this movie, and I was so fucking uncomfortable, dude. I was like, I wouldn't watch it. I, I ended up leaving. I was just like, this is really weird. <laughs> oh, and they were goodness. all making fun of me and shit, you know? <gasps> like, oh, my God. Okay. Like, what's your problem? I'm just like, I don't know. I have another story that just came to mind. Um, me and my gal pals in college all watched Grey's Anatomy. And we were all together at one of them's apartment watching Grey's Anatomy. At like It was like DVR or something uh, that we had missed from the week before. And Darren was there with me. And he didn't. I mean, like, he watched it all the time. He's watched most of it with me. And... One of the girls, though, was sort of not really dating, but kind of talking to this guy who's super awkward and conservative and, like, doesn't really watch TV, doesn't really listen to music. I mean, like, super, 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 super conservative. But he's over there hanging out with us and we're watching it. And, like, the first commercial break, he says, well, I'm hungry, so I need to go home and eat. And, like, just walks out the door. And we're all like what the heck and later on she talked to him and we were like was it because he was super uncomfortable with all the stuff they were talking about and doing she's like yeah and (laughs) Grey's Anatomy is not that bad because it's on freaking ABC but it was enough Mm. and we were all like oh okay it was just so weird like he was just like I'm hungry and like stood up and just walked out of the apartment (laughs) that's great (laughs) (sighs) oh man yeah that was uh yeah, I, I, I don't know. And it, a lot of that is the conservative upbringing, you know, with the nudity. and. and I don't even know if it was his upbringing. Yeah. This was like personal. Well, no, I'm saying for me personally. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, okay, well, uh, granted, granted, Grey's Anatomy gets fairly raunchy that people always sleep in with people and whatever. Like, these people act like they have time to have sex when they're working like 80 and 90 hours a week. I don't know where they have the energy. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> the, uh, Christian brought something up that uh, I completely can relate to. And uh, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show with these last couple things here. Um, and, and it has to do with music, which is great because uh, was it Wednesday? It was or Thursday, rather. It was just uh, Winston and and uh, Christian in the studio, and they talked a lot about music. And I love music. Um, it, but Christian, I, I was like, no way, dude. This happened to me too because Christian was saying that he got used by a girl for a Nine Inch Nails ticket, and I was also used by a girl for a Nine Inch Nails ticket. Um. 
and, and it was the same type of thing, kind of, but mine was worse. Um, how, like, he was saying, like, you know, they get there and the girl goes off and hanging out and smoking out with other people and shit like that. Well, this chick and I had been friends since high school, man. Like, uh, just friends. Nothing had ever happened. We, I mean, we we hung out all the fucking time. We went to Britney Spears together. Um, we, we, we just, we loved hanging out and shit. We went to a bunch of shows at, uh, local bars and shit together. Um, it's but, not this Nicole chick you just mentioned, is it? Oh no, Nikki's great. Nikki and I are great friends, dude. Nikki's okay. fucking amazing. I love Nikki so fucking much. I love her kids. I love her husband. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, he's all right. <laughs> I don't love him. You know, um, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm weird. I don't love you, Matt. Um, you're okay, that, dude. Like imaginary you hits your arm worse. like a man. Um, I, me love you long time, Matthew. Um, and, uh, but anyway, you got me off track. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, this chick, um, Jesse Bargy, I'll drop her name. I don't fucking care because I have very little respect for lousy drunks. Um, but a couple months before the nail show, she and I went, uh, and met my brother and sister-in-law in Dayton at a uh, canal street tavern to go see, uh, Swing country guy named Wayne the Train Hancock. Amazing fucking guy, dude. Great music. So uh, after the show, we're back at my apartment, and we're out on my balcony, and we're both drunk as fuck, man. And we're just standing out there drinking beers and shit, and we're having a good time talking. And then, like, there's, like, a five-minute gap of silence where we're just – it's, like, two in the morning, and we're just sitting there, you know, standing there drinking our beers and watching the traffic and shit go by down on the street, you know? And just out of nowhere, she goes, and this is a direct quote, you'd be the perfect man if you were somebody else. And I'm just like, I'm like, what? Like, I mean, I didn't say that, but I, I'm thinking like, dude, what the fuck? And, uh, and so then that had happened. And then uh, I took her home the next day and, and then like, uh, uh, I had already uh, gotten her the Nine Inch Nails ticket because we were going to go with my brothers and my sister-in-law. And uh, it was for the Nine Inch Nails and Jane's Addiction Tour, the Ninja Tour. And uh, so I was – and we didn't speak for a couple months, but I was like, fuck it, you know. I mean, we've been friends for like fucking 10 years or some shit at this point, maybe a little longer. And uh, so, yeah, but, but lo and behold – she returned my calls and shit like a couple weeks before the concert. You know what I'm saying? Um, so then she goes to this show with us and just like she had many times before got drunk as fuck and in his, in his going off and making out with random strangers and shit. <gasps> and like, I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean like a random stranger. I mean, random strangers. And, uh, and like, it was just, normally I don't care because it's me and her, we're friends, do what you want to do, I don't give a shit, but like, my brothers were there, my sister-in-law was there, they drove us there, um, and I mean, this was fucking embarrassing, dude, uh, it was, it, it, I mean, whatever, whatever, be however you want to be, but dude, that's some embarrassing shit, come on, get your shit together, but I mean, this wasn't an uncommon thing. Like we, we'd gone to shows like in Cincinnati, we went to a show and 
you know, as soon as we walk in the door, I don't see her until the end of the night, except from a distance. And like, like literally I look over and she's up on the balcony, uh, uh, with a group of guys, like they're all friends evidently. And like, she's making out with one of them. And then I go back to, to checking out the show and I like to, I, and I'm, I'm keeping tabs on her because she's, she's, she was a lousy fucking drunk and I don't want, and she's a short, short, petite little girl. And I don't want her getting fucked up. You know what I mean? Um, I look up, you know, 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, she's making out with a different dude. One of the first guy's friends, but the first guy is standing there still. Then like 15 minutes later, she's making out with another guy. And like, that's what like she, she would go to concerts and, and go out to bars on the weekends and just, uh, and I'm just like, you know, do what you will. But when you do that to me, and especially at nine inch nails, dude, I mean, use me for like a fucking some shitty ass, like day in the country festival ticket that I would never fucking be caught that at anyway. But dude, you going to use me to go see nine inch nails and then not fucking rock out with your cock out with me at that shit. Cause nine inch nails is my favorite fucking band and you know it. It's like, dude, you're missing out and you're embarrassing me in front of my fucking, my brothers and shit. And then of course we had to listen to her drunk mouth the whole drive home. But yeah, I, I had a chick use me for a ticket for nine inch nails too. And then she just made out with a bunch of different dudes. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, have um, I ever told you the story of, yes, you have. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think we've known each other long enough for me to recycle all my stories yet. <laughs> just some of them. No, I'm just messing with you. Please continue. Um, Darren almost got the shit beat out of him over a girl that was really? that was using him. Yes. Okay. So this is before I Damn. met him. Um, he uh was sort of seeing this girl, and he at the time thought that they were like dating, but you know. I, I know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, she had no problem with, you know, him buying her meals and taking her places and whatever. But, you know. Um, so, he went to a, like, a UFC fight down here. And turns out she was, and they had been, like, you know, kind of dating. And he mm -hmm. thought that they were, you know, dating. And she was apparently also kind of dating one of the UFC fighters. Oh, my gosh. Who could have probably pounded Darren straight into the ground. And I think wanted to because it came to light at this event, you know, what was going on. Um... But he uh, somehow did not end up getting his ass kicked. But, yeah, so uh, I've heard lots of stories about this girl. And not just from Darren, from other people who, you know, were around at the time. And so I have no good feelings about this person at all. I've never met her in person, um, even though we went to the same college for a while. But 
uh, yeah, she almost got his ass kicked because she was just using it. Like whenever she felt like she right. wanted something, you know, all of a sudden they were all close and a couple and whatever. But she was also like that with this other dude. Yep. And I just can't do that. Like, obviously right, not right. now because I'm married, but I couldn't even do that <laughs> before. You know? I can't. I just, I just can't do that. I mean, so fuck, icky. I went and got married and I fucked it all up. So I can't do that anymore. What? <laughs> I, I was just, I, I was making a, it was a bit. Oh, oh. I was about Sorry. to say, when did you get married? No, I was make. I was playing off of what you said. Like oh. I was expanding in my mind what uh, you were, okay. you know. Sorry, I, I'm but not I can't. Yes I can't and. do that. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> I, sorry, but, I'm the I'm the Roxy of this. That's cool. Um, but I'll, uh, we'll go ahead and end it on uh, when you bring that up. I'll tell one more quick, just last thing. I, I a similar type thing, I guess. Not really, but whatever. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. But. Uh, uh, I worked with a chick uh, at Walmart for like two years in the frozen department. We got along great. We were great friends, but like there was definitely something there, but, but neither one of us believe in dating coworkers. So it was never even a question or a thought, you know what I mean? Um, but then she ended up uh, leaving and then I ended up leaving and uh, we ended up connecting and we ended up hooking up. And we were together like about a month. Um, it was not a deal where I thought we were boyfriend, girlfriend. Like it was a deal where we had a conversation about it as to the exact, the exact words to define our relationship. And she said I was her boyfriend. So it was clearly established by her. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But, then it turned out, and I grew suspicious, but it, it turned out that my su- suspicions were correct, that um, she was fucking her ex-boyfriend at the same time and her ex-boyfriend's roommate, um, oh. and, and not only separately, but in three ways also with them at the oh, same fun. time she was with mm. me. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. I, it made mm. me feel just so fucking amazing. Did you take um, yourself a trip to the health department after all that? Yes, I did. I did. I went and got my fucking tested. Um, but but then but no. Then when she and she came to and she came to break up with me, uh, which I found hysterical. Um, At that because, point, did you already know? Uh, yeah, I did know, and I and I told her. You know, I found out that she was fucking the two dudes. Well, I called her out on it, and. She did. She just went silent, obviously, meaning that it was true. And I, I'm like, you know, I'm done with this shit, you know, you know, whatever. Then like two weeks later, she came over and she's like, you know, and she's like, I need to tell you something. I'm like, OK. And she's like, I need to break up with you. And I'm kind of I didn't say nothing because at this point, I'm just like, OK, this is nuts. She's like, you know, we need to break up. And I'm just like, right on. And And then I found out that. While I was under the impression that she was cheating on me with these other two dudes, right? Well, it turns out that she was cheating on her fiancé with me and these other two dudes. And her fiancé was a Marine stationed in California. And I'm like, I'm just like, dude, you've got to be fucking kidding me. First and foremost, first and foremost, it really really bothered me that he was in the military and that, I mean, 
I had no idea, but that still bothered me that he was in the military because that just, it, it really made me sick. But then on top of that, the fact that, the fact that, or take that fact away that he was in the military, just what was going on. I was just like, dude, this is fucking just really gross. And, uh, uh just yeah. to clarify, him being in the mil the military does not make you sick. The fact that you felt like you disrespected him. Yeah, that well, that's what, I mean, yeah, especially okay. because he was a service member. Because I, right. I have so much so admiration and respect. From, right, because he was away from her because he was yeah stationed elsewhere, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's that's, just like I mean, I still would have felt bad even if it were like just some fucking jerk-off asshole who, you know, I would still feel bad. But the fact that it was a service member, I was just, like, especially disgusted and felt bad about that. Because I'm just, oh. I mean, I didn't know, but still, it's like, fuck, dude. What okay. the fuck? But, yeah. So, There's then I have to, I have to take something back that I said earlier today, which is, earlier I informed you that, I believe that Jeff Snyder is the definition of a twat waffle, but I think this <laughs> chick might be the definition of a twat waffle. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I tried to write a song about her. I've written a song about a, a, a few girls, you know, and my songs are explicit and in depth. Like, not like in, I mean, I just, I, I don't, Taylor I don't Swifty? hold back, dude. There's stories and I don't hold back. Like, like the one chick who told me that shit, I wrote three songs about different times that she had treated me like shit and done fucked up shit because she was just a lousy drunk, you know? So so I, I don't have a problem calling people out. And I wanted to write a song about her, and I wanted to call it Port Liz. And the chorus would be basically, the punchline of the chorus would be, I ain't never coming in Port Liz again. Um... <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I just but you know, I never I never started it and soon after that I just, you know, I moved on from it and it's and it's just been something I'm like, eh, fuck it, I just whatever. But I should have wrote that song because that's great, you know. I ain't never coming in Portland again. Is oh some something weird. It would have been great. But anyway. Um Kaylin, where can the folks find you at on the social media? They can find me on Twitter at KaylinRose715. That's K-A-L-Y-N-R-O-S-E-715. Excellent. And y'all can find me on the Twitter at JWade1134. That is the letter J, W-A-D-E, 1134. You can also find this show and more on your Merc with a Movie blog feed on all of your podcasting platforms. Anchor is probably the easiest way. And uh, you can also find uh, the show and more on the Merc with a Movie Blog YouTube channel, and you can find Merc with a Movie Blog also on Twitter, uh, mer eh, at Movie Blog Merc. Um, also online if you want to, Movie, movie uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like in the last like 30 seconds, you know what I mean, Kaylin? It's awesome. Um, or you can go online if you want to check out some articles and some other stuff. Merkwithamovieblog.com. We'll go ahead and keep that in. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, for this SEN Live After Show. And uh, have a great weekend. Be safe out there. <laughs>